Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 91, verses 1 to 11, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His, sh his truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor, nor of the, the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall by your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Praise the Lord. God, I love reading God's word. This morning, the title of my message is this, who's your boss? Who is the boss? Some of the, the men look and they go, yeah, she's the boss. <laughs> And some of the wives are looking at you, you know what to say. <laughs> and so all the women say, amen. Then the guys, I'm like, guys, how many of you guys are the boss? Like, yeah, don't say anything to us this morning. But that's the title of my message this morning. Who is the boss? It's funny, we just recently, me and my wife, two weeks ago, we celebrated 15 years of marriage. Yeah. Some of the older generations will be like, oh, you guys are just some young whippersnappers. You still got a long way to go. And, uh, but we, I, I told my wife, I said, babe, I'm going to take you to this restaurant. It's in Los Angeles. And Eco was the one. He booked a reservation for us. And, got, and, and I was like, all right, I'm going to take her. And I said, babe, we're going to go to this place. It's pretty cool, trendy. They have a live band out there, and it's on top of a high rise, and you eat outside. But on that Wednesday, it was cold. How many of you guys remember that? Not too long ago. It was really cold. And I looked at the forecast. It said 39 degrees. So it's 39. That's ground level. So I told the people, do you think? Give me? Yeah, they go, the higher you go, sir, it's going to get a little colder. So I said, oh, that's all right. We'll just go over here the Orange County to the yard house. So I told my wife, let's just go there. She says, yeah, that's fine. And um, so we get there, drop off Cody here, and then we get to the yard house. And there's nothing like dinner with your queen or your king and no kids. Huh, none. It's the best thing on the planet because you can laugh at the stupidest things that only you know. Nobody else around you knows and you just make fun of each other and laugh. And then all of a sudden I told her, I said, you know what time it is. And she started laughing. So we're like, let's go pick up our son. Let's go home. I'm going to put on some Marvin Gaye. It's time to get to work. And then, and then she started laughing, right? She started, hey, ooh, you're the one with five kids. Anyways. <laughs> I'll just joke. I'll just joke. So then we get home, and uh, I told him, I told my son, hey, you go ahead and go to sleep. We already prayed. Just go do your thing. And me and mom are going to be in the back. So we're in the room, and all of a sudden I hear, and I'm like, what, Cody? And Cody's like, Dad, uh, yeah, I have a band uh, uh, quiz tomorrow for my trumpet. 
and I have to play 20 minutes or 30 minutes and record myself of three blind mice. <laughs> I look at my wife, she goes, hmm, you better talk to him. And I go, son, do you need to do that tonight? He goes, yep, and all I heard was <laughs> and 30 minutes, yeah, I'm serious, 30 minutes of this thing. And my wife looked over at me in five minutes, she goes, that's your son, good night. And I was like, oh. If there was ever a time I wanted to drop Cody off at the Dream Center, it was that <laughs> night. I wanted to drop him off. Well, the title of my message tonight is, Who's the Boss? God wants our hearts to be at rest and established by his grace towards us. That's where, where and when we find inner peace. It's not about what you can do or ever about what you can do. It's always been about what he has done and he can do. It's always been about what he can do. It's never been about what you can do. I heard a story of a young man who his uncle bought him a harmonica. And after the first year, he saw his uncle for the first time since receiving the harmonica. <clears throat> With a large smile, he said, hey, uncle, thank you for uh, giving me that harmonica for my birthday. Uh, it's the best present I ever got. And the uncle said, hey, do you know how to play it? How, you must be good. He says, no, I don't play it. He says, why don't you play it? He goes, because my mom gives me a dollar every day to not play it at daytime. <laughs> then my dad gives me $5 for every evening that I don't play it. He's a smart kid, don't you think? Sometimes we need to think smarter and be rational. The older a person gets, the more he or she can relate so whatever a generation has thought or said at one time or another, and a lot of times we always say, what in the world is this generation thinking? What are they thinking? But in every generation, the accuser, the enemy, has reinvented the same old storylines of doom and gloom. Only his tactics has, have gotten a little different, stronger, but he's still always making sure, trying to get you. But see, God knew. God knew that there would be chaos and times of uncertainty in this world. That's why he gave us a relevant word for every generation. No matter what generation you're from, the 60s, the 50s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, God has a word for that generation. He has a word for this generation. Because the enemy's thing is this. He wants to get you depressed, fill you with anxiety, causing you to not believe the things of God. But see, God's promises are relevant, and God has a timely word for every occasion and every generation. Somebody say amen. amen. John chapter 14, verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth that I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Somebody say afraid. So many people around the world are so worried about different world catastrophes, whether it's an election, whether it's a virus, or whether it's rumors of war here and there. They live their lives in fear, and the way they act is ruled out by what happens on the news, which causes them to believe and act out of fear. People are afraid every time they watch the news. They're afraid what's going to happen what won't happen and well, what does somebody think is gonna happen? Do you know that most of the time when you get advice or you, you hear people, hey, give you their, their political thoughts about war, about this and that, 90% of the time those people have no idea what they're talking about. 
They're getting their information. You know how they always say, well, they told me, or they said, who's they? By the time you figure out they, they is nobody. It's somebody else's opinion. But President Franklin Roosevelt said this, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Many are worried with fear about what they own. They're worried about what's gonna happen in the end times to my house. What's gonna happen to my 401k? What's gonna happen with my retirement? What's gonna happen with my car? What's gonna happen with my crypt, uh, cryptocurrency? What's gonna happen to all these things? Without remembering this, the same way you came into the world is the same way you're gonna leave. You came in with nothing, you're gonna leave with nothing. I remember when they celebrated Kobe Bryant's uh, uh, two years of death, I think it was, or a year, and they showed all his cars and all his houses, and he took nothing with him. You will take nothing with you when the day comes. Remember when we went on a tour of the, the, when I was in Bible school, and they took us in on a mortuary, and the mortician said this. He said, one thing about death and one thing about my house is this. Everybody comes to this table. Whether you're black, you're white, you're Asian, you're, you're, you're Hispanic, whatever it is, everybody comes visit this table. And I said, wow, okay. And he says, and another thing is this, rich, poor, middle class, everyone comes to this table. And the last thing is this, they come in here, and they do the same thing everybody does. They leave with nothing. They leave with nothing. People are living in fear, worrying about what this, but you have to understand this, you don't own anything in this world. God owns it all. God owns it all. You may own a house, but you still really don't own the house until you pay off the loan. The bank still owns your house. Why? If you're late three or four or five times, eventually the bank comes to take your house. Why? Because they own the house. You don't own anything. God owns everything. God instructs us not to worry about what will happen, but to trust his plan for our lives. Who is the boss? The Bible says, the peace I leave with you. If you watch the news all the time, minute by minute, and you start to see how the enemy, the divider, his main focus is to attack you and cause you to live in fear and anxiety. You say, well, I don't watch that news. I watch CNN or I watch Fox. It's all the same thing, just worded different. Same thing, different camera angles, different people, but still the same message. You have to really use the sermon and trust the Lord and know that he is in control of every situation. Why? Because he's the big boss. He's the big boss. He is the boss. Sometimes I think we need to be reminded as long as God is on our side, nothing can come against us no matter what they report, no matter how bad things get, God is still the boss. Yeah, we do need to be smart. Yes, I understand that. But as believers, we put our faith and trust in him, knowing that the media or even the government's ability to stop a crisis, you have to understand this, nothing surprises God. Nothing surprises, nothing is outside his ability to stop it. Not an earthquake, not a hurricane, not a revolt of uprisings in other lands, not government-controlled programs or whatever the price of gas is. Nothing surprises God, why? Because he's the big boss. Not even a virus or a pandemic. Nothing surprises God. He is the big Amen. boss. See, God has already made provision for every situation that will come up against. Nothing can ever alter God's plan for his people or his triumphal return. Amen. Nothing will ever stop the coming of the Lord. 
If the plan's in set, but this is the greatest thing. We got the victory. You can read the book of Revelations and know that we win. Then go to Genesis and already know what's going to happen at the end. Either way, we win. Either way, we win. We have the victory. As Christians, we need to grasp a hold of God's word. The grace and peace of God has both uh, already and continually supplied opportunities for us to hang on to his word. See, our flesh or our fear-based mentality doesn't want us to know the promises of God's word or remember its benefits because there is so much peace and comfort to be had from the truth and the power that's revealed by the word of God. That's why the author of confusion has been fighting ever since he has been expelled from heaven. That's why whenever you see worship leaders, they're the number one people that get attacked a lot. I told that to Sarah the other day. They, the enemy's always trying to attack you because you stole his position. He's mad because you're doing exactly what he's done and he was doing in heaven. The Bible says he would open his mouth and worship would, would come out. He was a jukebox of heaven. He was a jukebox of the kingdom. He opened his mouth, praises came out. You took his spot. Because he took, you took his spot, he's on the prowl looking for every worship leader, everyone that leads the people into the presence, into the holies of holies. That's why it's very important. I told Sarah, very important. You can't lead people to somewhere you've never been. Too many worship leaders are leading worship and they're trying to get people to somewhere they've never been. Because you can sing great songs, you can give great testimonies. Those things don't change people's lives. The gospel changes people's lives. You're seeing all these gospel videos Churches preaching these watered-down messages, but people are still in the same basket going to hell. Why? Because they're scared. They don't want to preach the uncompromised, powerful, life-changing Word of God. They're more scared that people will leave the church. But listen, if we become fearful of losing people, I don't want to go to heaven and say, why did you put the opinion of man before the opinion of me? When people say there's no hell, I'd rather get there and find out there's no hell than get there and think there was no hell and hell awaits for me. Ladies and gentlemen, who's the big boss? Who is the big boss in your life? Are you going to continually treat God like God or will you continually treat God like a side chick? Will you secretly talk to the side chick? You secretly talk to the side dude. You know exactly what I'm talking about. This is where you come to church, you're laughing, but you're looking at the, the lady that's sitting right across from you. Because you're looking, you know she's going through problems, and you're like, I want to be your counselor. I want to be the one that comes and speaks truth into you. But in actuality, you're a wolf disguised in sheep's clothing. It's time that we stop treating God as a side chick. Start putting him right in the seat of authority in our life. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not in my notes. The coming of the Lord is very soon. And it's time that we wake up, time we stand up and stand out because God needs to be the big boss. There is nothing that you can ever say that the cause is short of. Even when that devil of division tried to come here to the cause church and divide the races of our church, the cultures of our church, Man, I'm sure glad Pastor Bob and Pastor John stood up 
And they declared, the enemy will not come to the cross and try to divide the people. We will walk together arm in arm, telling a dying world about a living Jesus. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not been profited those who have been occupied with them. The methods are many for the occupation of our time to blur and distract the world away from God's amazing message of grace. I'm telling you right now, the enemy's thing is to put it out of focus, put the Lord out of focus in your life, to make it blurry, make the goodness of God blurry in your life. Why? So you can't see the goodness of God. I remember a great man of God always said, God's ways are always good. God's ways are always good. Listen to this. Everyone has and is entitled to their own opinion. That's what makes us God's very unique creation. The fact that you and I have a will. God created us to have a will, but the enemy who is the author of confusion will like nothing better to eliminate a person's will and dictate the way you should think and you should act. That's why it's, there's so much hatred, so much intolerance and division on display around the world. And in this country, a house united will stand. A house divided is destined to fall and to fail. It is time as a church, the people of God, to stand up, stand out, get going, stop the madness, and realize that God is the big boss. He is the boss. No matter what you've come in here today, come hell or high water, just relax and know that God's still the boss. No matter if your marriage is on the rocks, you can't stand your husband right now, you're sitting next to him. You can't stand your wife because of what she did 10, 15, 20 years ago. And you're in here, you're smiling, but inside, if, you're, if only people could hear, you're screaming out for help. I want you to realize this, relax and know that God is still in control. He's still the big boss. The old song said this, "'Tis too sweet to trust in Jesus." The question was once asked, if you could choose anything that you've wanted most in life, they say the number one thing people, no matter what culture they're from, no matter what color they are, no matter what walk of life they come from, they said if there was anything that you could ask God for and you could have, what would it be? They said peace. All I want is peace. Man, the world is looking for peace, and guess what? You got peace. You have the peace of God. It is time to be, a, it's time to be an authentic distributor of God's grace and God's peace. Quit scamming people, telling them that you have peace, but there's chaos in your life. Quit scamming folks and telling folks, I got the peace of God, but late yet you live as someone who doesn't have the peace of God. You're the best billboard, the best Bible people can read at your work job, at your job you work at, your family, your church, whatever it is, you're the best billboard of grace. Because why? You may say, who, what, who am I that grace would come to you? Hey, you're well worth the grace of God. Grace means God's riches at Christ's expense. People want peace in their marriages, families, workplace. Our country has some of the best medical, psychological treatment centers, the highest educational institutions worldwide. 
best communications ability, but late yet, man, we got, the, we got so many people that are in need of peace. We got so many people that are strung out on medication, so many people that are strung out on drugs, so many families that are broken. Why? It's not what you know, it's who you know. If you realize and know, he is the big boss. He is the boss. The late Whitney Houston, she, she used to sing a song that says, didn't we almost have it all? When love was all that we had worth giving. The ride with you was worth the fall, my friend. Loving you makes life worth living. Do you know that the enemy's main weapon against you is to realize that to attain a life of peace with God is unattainable? But do you realize today the promises through the finished work of Calvary says that it is attainable to live a life through the grace of Jesus Christ? God's word declares it. It's good that the heart be established by grace. God came with this message of grace so that we could be at peace. God doesn't want us and never has wanted us to be fearful and worried by everything or anything we see on the news or any challenges that, God, that comes our way. God wants our heart to be at rest and established by the grace towards you and towards me. That's where... That's where and when you find the inner peace. This too shall pass. Whatever you're carrying in your show, on your shoulders today, just remember, this too shall pass. There's people in here, you lost a baby. This too shall pass. There's some of you in here today, you lost a loved one. This too shall pass. There's some of you that have been living in darkness and rejection. This too shall pass. Your marriage is on the rocks sinking faster than you can take your next breath and blink your next blink. This too shall pass. It's not about us. It's all about what it's always been about and what he accomplished on the cross. It is about Jesus. When you finally come to the realization, the only thing which qualifies you to receive God's blessings is faith and the finished work of Calvary. Your heart becomes established by the amazing God given grace moments. When your heart becomes established by grace, you'll know and come to the realization you are both entitled and the position to receive every blessing and benefit that God has promised in Scripture. At that point, you don't have to worry about what you see happening around you because all the distractions that are contrary to God's promises of peace in every situation, just know today, God is still the big boss. He's still the boss. You can expect God to, to be with you in every situation of your life. Just know that he is with you today. God wants you to realize healing, protection, restoration is yours because of the finished work of Calvary. In other words, it's yours because he is the big boss. He has the final say. He is the one that says you live or you die. He is the great almighty. He is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know today the devil will lie and cheat and steal. He will tell stories and promises so much to anyone who will listen. But the difference between him and God is God fulfills promises. He rolls back on promises. 
Bible says, what profit of man if he gains the whole world, but late yet lose his own soul? What profit you that you're so busy at work, you're attaining all these accolades, you're making all this money, you're getting all these positions, but late yet there will be a day that you will stand before your creator and you will take nothing with you. They say the two important days are on your tombstone, when you were born and when you died. But the question is this, the dash in the middle. What did you do when you were, between when you were born and when you died? Did you bring healing or did you bring harm? Did you bring the gospel or did you bring gossip? Which one are you today? He is the big boss. God is the big boss. There's people sitting in here today. You're crying out for help. You're like raising your hand in your heart. You're like, pastor, I don't know what this boss is about, but man, I want him to be the big boss of my life. So I've been dealing with some things, but I need the big boss to come on in and take care of these things for me right now. You know, when I walk into a room, a room changes. I'm telling you the truth. Go with me anywhere. <laughs> I walk in and the room changes. When I first got married to Sandy and we would go to restaurants and people would just go, they would look and she would get so mad. She goes, I don't know what the problem is. I go, babe, you're eating food and this big shadow walks in the room. What else do you want them to think? But I learned. When I walk in the room and it changes the atmosphere, I know it's the calling of God over my life. It's the fingerprint and the DNA in my life. But I learned this, use it for the advantage of God's glory. Because every little kid that walks through that door, they come. I met a little girl who, who just, her dad is Tony. I don't know, I saw Tony in here somewhere. Hey, Tony. Tony's here for vacation. He's taking his family to Knott's Berry Farm, Disneyland. He said, I wanted to find a church to bring my family to church. And he brought his family and he said, this was the number one church online to bring my kid to. So I wanted to get church in. But I came down, I looked his daughter in the eye. I go, how old are you? She told me. And she had a big, beautiful smile. I said, did you drive here? She said, yeah. Because I know, the reason I do that, because I know that little girl will never forget me. She'll always tell her dad, dad, do you remember that Maui guy from, <laughs> do you remember Maui, dad? And I'll always live as Maui. But listen, I know for the rest of her life, she'll know. That's a big dude, but I know who his big boss is. Today you're here, the worship team can come up right now. I've come to a close. The big boss is looking to come and be in your life. Some of you have walked away from the big boss, but he's here today, he wants to walk right by you. That old song says, you may come to the garden alone, but when you come to that garden, he walks with you and he talks with you and he tells you that you are his own. The big, you belong to the big boss. I remember a couple weeks ago, I went to Cody's basketball game and some of you guys know I've coached high school football for a long time. And um, so when I go to his game, I'm that one coach I'm that one parent in the stands that everybody wants to throw a rock at, <laughs> get me ejected out of the game. And I told Cody right before his basketball game, I said, Cody, you look at me. You're the biggest dude out here. You're 6'2", you're 200 pounds, and you're seventh grade. And all those little kids, they're hanging on your arms. So tip the ball in. You better get over there, and you take position in there. Make your home in the middle of that key. You strive and you use everything and you get up there. And he looked at me and he goes, 
all right, Dad. And he walked away, and I was so upset. Because I was like my mom when I was young. And my mom would get mad at me, and I would talk back to her, and she says, as long as you realize that I pay the cost to be the boss in the house. <laughs> my mom says, you know the deal, I pay the bill. <laughs> and that's the attitude I had with my son. I was like, you listen when I tell you something. And then when he went out there, he did his own thing, and I go, man, I hope he fails. So he'll realize that I know what I'm talking about. I left and I came here to the church and I was so upset. Came to the elevator and I was waiting the elevator. I was mad at Cody because he didn't do what I said. And that's why I left the game early. But I felt convicted. And I felt the Lord say this. Junior, how many times have I told you to do something and you did the opposite? How many times when I, did I tell you to take care of your marriage, and you didn't. Remember that time, Junior, when you and Sandy were gonna call it divorce? And Pastor Bob, Pastor Sherry came in and kept you from signing the papers? And you blamed me, saying, God, I gave you everything I had, and now my marriage is on the rocks. I'm gonna lose my family, because it's you. Remember that? Yeah, Junior, I, I wanna remind you, I told you things to do, but I never walked out on you. I never left you on the court of life by yourself. Whether you failed or succeeded, I stuck right there with you. That's why when people say this, I found the Lord, that's a lie. You didn't find the Lord, the Lord found you. Because you're the one running. The Bible says he'll never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. Says that he's not a man that he shall lie. So when he says it, it's concrete. This morning, how many of you are sitting in this place and even watching online that God has told you to do something or place something on your heart and you left. You left the court. Or he, he told you to do something and you did the opposite. Well, let me give you an answer today. He never left the court of life when it came to you. He didn't leave the court of life for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I really believe that there's people in this place today, they're just saying, Pastor Junior, I wanna know who the big boss is. Will you help me to learn who the big boss is? I want the big boss to come and back, come back to my life. Then the second person is, I have, I want to get the big, big boss back into my life today. So number one, if that's you today and you just say, Pastor Junior, I want to invite the big boss back into my life. On the count of three, I believe from the left to the right, the back to the front, there's going to be a positive response in this room today. If that's you, only do it if you mean business today. I'm going to ask you to raise your right hand high, loud and proud. One, two, three, put your hand up. I see it, 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 I see it. You can put your hand down. If there's some of you today that have come here and you're in this house, even if you're watching online, you walked away from the big boss, and you're like, man, 
I want the big boss back into my life. The count of three, I want you to raise your hand and I want to pray for you today. One, two, three, put your hand up right now. If that's you, yeah, I see it. I see it, I see it, I see it. The worship team's going to come out right now. Father, I pray that every person that's under the sound of my voice that has lifted their hand and said, Lord, I want you back into my life today. I want the big boss back into my life. Lord, will you come into their hearts, touch their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, and everyone shall say, Amen. Come on, will you stand with me? Let's worship with, the, with Sarah and the team. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause, or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc, or call 714-255-0930.